The 2022 Annual Medical Education Conference will be held in person in Orlando, Florida at the Rosen Shingle Creek Resort from April 13th to 17th, 2022. AMEC has continually been a national cornerstone event for minority medical students and professionals. Through this year's theme, The Emergence, Achieving Purpose in an Era of Health Advocacy, Equity, and Reform, we plan to bring you more engaging workshops, plenary sessions, and networking opportunities to meet and socialize with your peers in person. Take advantage of the early bird member pricing, applicable until November 22nd, for the best savings. For more opportunities, sign up for the SNMA newsletter. Now, let's start the show. Good, everybody. Welcome to SNMA Presents The Lounge. Whether you're in the student lounge, doctor's lounge, or lounging around at home, get ready to join SNMA for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. I am the guy, student Dr. Aldwin, and today we're going to be playing a short game of mate, marry, or vanish. You know, we got to keep it 100 out here. Like, with the food. So let me tell you what the, the three food options are. You know, it's kind of, oh, it was a little hard. It was a little difficult kind of choose, choosing these. But the three options are, you know, you got to go. I'm going to go first with the Caribbean style. You know what I'm saying? Rice and peas with oxtails and plantains. Ooh. You know what I mean? The, the second <laughs> option is macaroni and cheese with oh, barbecued no. fried oh. chicken. <laughs> it's Whoa. barbecued and it's fried. Ooh. Chill out, chill out. Oh okay. <laughs> what you vanished you know, the old one. <laughs> but I got my third option though. You feel me? Oh, the, heard the, you. Okay. The, the third option is, you know, for for y'all people that you know they early risers, you know, they might rock with this a little bit even more. But you know, bacon, egg, and uh, cheese grits. Oh, now, nah. I will nah. preface this and say I'm I'm trying to be on my vegetarian vegan diet. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get there, but I, I'm. Tr- Mm-hmm. I, I'll give I'll give those other options another time, but for mm-hmm. y'all out there, this is for y'all. So I would say for me, like uh, I would say if I had to marry, I'd probably marry the right, you know what I'm saying? Rice and peas and uh, you know, oxtails and then mm-hmm. mate mate wise, you know, I'm gonna have to go with the damn, this is even for myself, this is hard. But with the mate wise, I'm gonna have to go with the you know, bacon, egg, and cheese, and the grits. Like, I love my breakfast. Mm-hmm. I love getting my ATP early in the morning, right before I'm pre-rounding and all that. You know, I'll be walking around and seeing my faces. So I need that. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to vanish, unfortunately, the mac and cheese. Oh, no. And because it's fried. It's oh, fried. No. It's fried. Barbecue chicken. Vanish. How y'all feeling, though? How y'all feeling, though? Okay, y'all. Hey, guys. I'm student Dr. Isabella. <laughs> And let's see. Well, all one hurt me with trying to vanish baked mac and cheese. No, oh, I gotta, wow. I'm, I'm bringing her back. I'm bringing her back. So my three food options are definitely baked mac and cheese. I, and that was in my head from before. So yeah. I'm not coffee all. Definitely yeah. had baked mac and cheese in there. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Yes. So anything <laughs> chocolate related, I'm a big chocolate fan. So I'm going to go with um, what cho- chocolate? 
chocolate cake. Yeah. Like I just, I just love anything chocolate related. So I definitely got to add her in there. And then what else? And I'm going to do jollof, jollof rice with stewed chicken for all my Africans out there. (laughs) So what would I mate? Hmm. I'm definitely mating. I'm definitely mating chocolate cake because she's been there for me during some really low times, you know, like Mm -hmm. she like those times where I would come back, like just tired, you know, from school, whatever like that. And I really need something to pick me up. Chocolate is just like automatic, like, oh, like she just gets you up. So I'm going to mate with chocolate cake. I'm going to marry. I have to marry the food that, you know, gives me sustenance, (laughs) uh, mac and cheese for sure. Yeah, Like that's just, and I make it only once a year. I make it only for Thanksgiving because I put my whole heart and soul into my mac and cheese. So you, y'all can't get her all the time. She only comes out on Thanksgiving. Maybe, you know, like when I have more time, I'll start making it more, but just, just on Thanksgiving and I'm going to have to vanish. I'm going to have to vanish jollof because I'm vanishing jollof because when I say jollof, I'm talking about Nigerian jollof and there's different kinds of jollof. Now say if it was Senegalese jollof, I would keep her because Senegalese jollof is definitely the best jollof. I'm as a Nigerian American, I'm saying this because I've had Senegalese jollof and I've, and it beats her. I'm sorry. She's like, she's done. (laughs) She's gone. (laughs) So those are my three options. So wait, I got a question though. Cause Alwyn gave us some really hard choices. Which one oh, of those would you pick? That's crazy. I didn't realize that Alden was the one putting the options out. Yeah, wow. it's, it's all good. Alden, you came with some really good options, and I'm really disappointed that you vanished baked mac and cheese because she deserves to stay. Um, so I'm gonna say that <laughs> baked mac- <laughs> I'm gonna say that baked mac and cheese is my mate. I'm definitely mating with her. Mm-hmm. Um what am I marrying? And then you said oxtails. What was it? Rice and peas, right? Yeah, that's married. Okay. That's 100. Okay. And then what was the other option after that? Uh, bacon, egg, cheese, grits. Yes. Okay. So I'm vanishing her bacon, egg, cheese, and grits because what is that? Um, grits. Grits can only be made to be in one way. <laughs> Erica, <laughs> but, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> But I will marry, you know, uh, rice and peas with oxtail because that's soul food right there. And you always need soul food. You need that for the rest of your life. So for sure. Those are my options. Y'all, these options all win. Jesus. Anyway. Hey, hey, everybody. This is student Dr. Erica Dingle. And I am flat out marrying bacon, eggs, and grits. Because number one, I'm a... Yes, I am. So I have roots in the South, right? Grits are a staple in my household. How dare I? <laughs> grits will be around until the end of time. That right. is my, my uh, grits is my boo thing. We're right. getting married. Okay. I'm meeting grits at the altar in my white dress. Um, and I, I personally make an amazing jalapeno cheese grit. Oh, so. Oh, yes. that sounds I'm pulling up. very good. How Yo, Izzy, we pulling up. up. We pulling up on you, Erica. I heard okay. you. I gotcha. Yeah, Girl. I gotcha. jalapeno. So I, yes, jalapeno cheese grits. Um, I am vanishing <laughs> anything Caribbean because them, the people them don't know how to act. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? And I love I love everything. 
at Caribbean culture too, but mm-hmm. that's just a personal choice based upon how my life has gone with Caribbean folks. Right. <clears throat> men. <clears throat> oh, with the men. Anyway. Oh, you got to speak up. Gotta, and, you got to defend them. <laughs> I will pick to mate macaroni and cheese yes. and fried chicken. So Period. that is... I, I have that right now, like in my house. Like that was dinner last night. So how dare I decide Bice. to toss <laughs> the macaroni and cheese macaroni and cheese and um fried chicken. That's not happening. So that was good though, Alvin. I appreciate Yeah, that was good. That. Sorry guys for the mix up. I thought I could just, you know, say my options. But y'all now it's you guys good. know where I'm at. We got your options. That's that was good. a good game. Thank that you, Alvin. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. And shout out, shout out to Skendi too for that option too. Like she, she put oh, us yeah. on that too. She EP. did. Yes, ma'am. Woo-hoo. So it's our or everyone's favorite time of the show. It's time. Well, is it y'all's favorite? Yeah, it's, it's my show. favorite time. Okay. We be chatting. I just want to make sure I was that's second favorite. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, what, oh, the, what's the first favorite? Alden? it's the little financial thing. You, it's because he's running me? his own little segment. That's why he yeah. had to he had to bring it down. <laughs> you feel me? All in like run me my segment. No. I'm playing, right. but nah, it's okay. everyone's first and second uh, favorite part of the show. It's time to run the list. So for our preclinical patients. Patients, Lord, here we go as medical students always thinking in patient mode. For our preclinical students, running the patient list on the wards allows the team to address the most pressing matters of the day. So in this segment of the show, we will be discussing some recent events in medicine affecting our communities and the populations we serve. And there are a plethora of topics for us to discuss today. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's go. And this month was Native American Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. Love that. I love that. I love how we're just throwing Christopher to the side. (laughs) Because bye bye, Christopher. (laughs) What you doing over here? We acknowledge is Wallace. Wallace. Period. Okay. Because what? Um, I can just think about all the ways that Native Americans have been so slighted in this country. And it's crazy because like when we talk about oppression, right, I like the most to me, like the most prominent forms of oppression that we can say that this, you know, this country has held is not only black slavery, but Mm. in my opinion, Native American. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Native American exile. Like, why are there only two percent in this population when they are the original inhabitants of this land i'm it confused makes no sense like right. how does that even work you know right. so it just goes to show once again white plight white genocide and how it always results in the same things right like no one's left and they have to do everything they can to fend for their their own um group of their population of people their culture their heritage everything like that i mean we see that they have um their tribal reservations in yep. certain areas of the U.S., especially mm-hmm. in the Oklahoma territory, the Dakotas, all of that, mm-hmm. and they've. But they've also it came at a cost, right? Like they're in that position because of the Trail of Tears, where literally yep. our quote unquote president Andrew Jackson, quote yep. unquote, right? All the yep. 
presidents America has held, has, which has done nothing but shame yep. us and what we represent, um, literally said, actually, we want this land. So we're going to tell you all to scoot over to the uh, western, southwestern area of the yep. U.S. and figure it out while we yep. just take all the resources and everything that you've built already. And that's where I they're in the position that they're in today, which is super sad. And, but it's also beautiful, right? Because they took something so ugly and they made it into something beautiful. They have their own, like they've been able to maintain their culture after all these years. And like, they've been able to create their own, you know, government institutions, their own schools, and just kind of like keep that heritage alive. And I really do admire it, you know, native Americans with that. And, you know, we, it's, it's y'all month and we're giving credit to you guys because we know that Christopher has nothing to do with this month and why America is the way that it is. Yo, Izzy, shout out to you, man. Real talk, man. Just mention the historical presidents because we talk about all the, you know, Native American Heritage Month, but there's so much history behind how it's instituted. Right. So let me give you like the background. You mentioned Andrew Jackson, right? In the 1830s, he signed the Indian Removal Act, mm-hmm. which empowered the federal government to take back lands east of the Mississippi. And right. then... In 1915, an individual named Dr. Arthur C. Parker, who was a member of the Seneca tribe, and he was actually director of a museum dedicated to Native Americans, Mm. he persuaded and was petitioning the Boy Scouts of America to have an actual uh, uh, Native American day. Right. And through the powers that be, you know what I'm saying, and all of them kind of culminating together and working together, it was approved in 1916. And shout out to New York. The state of New York was the first state to mandate Native American Heritage Day. And it was typically on the second Saturday of each May. You know what I mean? Love that. That's awesome. And then we fast forward 70, 80 years. In 1990, George H.W. Bush, the the first Bush, um, he actually instituted the Native American Heritage Month. You know, And then recently, uh, Biden, he signed the Indigenous People Day on the same day that we have, quote unquote, as Izzy mentioned, Christopher Columbus Day, you know, mm. that's out that's out the woodwork, that's you know what I mean? Like it kick so rocks. Out, you know? Period. <laughs> right. So <laughs> proclamation was made by Biden October 11th, 2021. So with that being said, like I just want to say shout out to Native American people because they've been through so much and they've been so resilient, they've right. adapted and it's crazy this same land that I'm sitting on right here like in Palo Alto in California, there was plenty of tribes here. Right. It was living feeding, eating, living a natural life and genocide came to them through, you know, colonialism, imperialism and human greed. I mean, and so uh, it's just unfortunate that we don't talk about this more like each and every day. This is something even when I go back to middle school or high school, like this is a history that's been taken away from them that we are not enriched by or that we not we are not taught of Instead, we are taught of. Christopher Columbus, we're taught of all of these, you know, extraneous individuals that really did negative things for society and negative things to the communities that are already established here. You know, there are 574 federally recognized tribes out here, you know what I mean? And 326 reservations, and they make up 56 million acres of land. So, you know, with that being said, if we really enrich our thought, our process, and, you know, work toward the common good for those who have been taken advantage of, you know, and recognize that this month is is it's not necessarily for us as black people, but it's for the people that have been silenced, which are the Native American people. So everybody out there that's listening, please, I implore you, 
read something, read an article, take a book, learn about Native American history and the countless tribes, the cultures, the tribes, and all of the things that they have historically done and empower yourself to learn because America will not allow you to do that in this system. You got to empower yourself and do your own research and individualize it so that you can go out there and make the change that you want to see in the world. Agreed. Period. Agreed. I think we all need to do a bunch of research on a plethora of topics. I think one topic that people have been doing a little bit too much research on in a negative way is this still the COVID pandemic and now the vaccine Mm -hmm. as if, you know, they have gone to school for microbiology, immunology, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) However, we do have some developments, right? Um, The U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized the emergency use of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccination Mm -hmm. for the prevention of COVID-19 to include children Mm -hmm. of the ages 5 through 11 currently. So, I mean, I think I'm just happy because there are, I have godchildren that I don't want exposed right. to COVID. And I mean, if they are exposed, I honestly feel like the vaccine could help prevent them from having these crazy symptoms that these kids are getting. Yeah. Like, I think yep. it's, it's good. Terrible. I definitely so, think that like, it's, it's time, you know, it's yeah. time to include, and especially considering like there's kids who have to go back to school. Right. That's just like, that that's a, a big deal if you're not protected against a virus that's been so widespread and you know affected so many individuals um and so i'm i'm glad that finally that kids can be able to um take take part in this um pr- protection that we've had for most of us have had for some time and i hope that you know we see no adverse events but hey that comes with everything right especially with vaccinations you know you can't expect it to be perfect but they have right. said that during the trials um, that they had where there was 3,100 children age 5 to 11 who received the vaccine yes. mm-hmm. um, there were no serious side effects that were detected so I think that's really good to hear and um, yeah. hopefully we'll see progress made in this country because this pandemic really did do a lot of damage to our society and I'm hoping that we can reap some of what was sown um, in terms of the research and the the progress that's been made so far I agree yeah, we got to protect our kids, man. 28 million kids between the ages of 5 and 11 are in America, which makes up slightly less than 10% of the population. Wow. And so, yeah. um, you know, Erica, you mentioned, you know, unfortunately with COVID-19, it doesn't just affect the elderly population. People just, there is a misconfusion. It also affects our young children with this right. disease called MIS, right? And it's multi, multi-inflammatory syndrome. Mm-hmm. in children, which can cause myocarditis and cause a lot of inflammatory effects. And actually, you know, we see that overall 791 children have died from COVID-19, you know, and again, we, we have to be in a position. Now, I, I understand that parents have their own perceptions and opinions about the vaccine. And, you know, you could play either side of the fence, right? But for me personally, and we've seen the the Kaiser Family Foundation recently. We'll talk about Kaiser a little bit later. (laughs) But anyway, they found that 27% of parents would vaccinate their kids today, immediately today. And so for me, you know, although I'm not a parent, I I just see it from this perspective of understanding the medical world and also understanding the social and political aspects of this is that, you know, we, we, we have to bond together and connect together and formulate a plan in order to strategize against this this virus and so that we can move forward. And our kids have already lost a whole year 
from this pandemic last year, a year yeah. of life I'm talking about, not a year of other things, like a literal year of life. Mm-hmm. And so it is our decisions that will impact them directly. And this will lead to positive outcomes in, in my opinion. And so, um, you know, the FDA, you know, they had 14 physicians on their panel and all 14 of them, they unanimously said, Hey, this based off of the data, Right, because we're, we're not, cause we're not using we're not using make pretend, uh, right. make believe right. numbers. This is data, so let's let's right. definitely clarify that too. Right, and make sure if y'all do get uh, anybody that's out there that got kids and get their kids vaccine, New York State and many other states are giving a hundred dollar debit cards, and they also Ooh. give you an opportunity to go to New York City fo- the football club. Go uh, shopping with instance, that. Do they place? still got Toys R Us? Right. <laughs> go shopping that's with it. that. <laughs> San Antonio giving a hundred dollars for H E B grocery. I don't know what H E B is, but it's probably a grocery store out there. Right. So Hilarious. that's free food, whatever you you know, parents. So I know incentives may not necessarily be the main attraction, but also realize that it's just stressing the importance for the government and for the community at stake that we really have to protect our children. That I believe that this is the best way that we can uh, protect them. It's 91% effective against symptomatic COVID as well. That's so perfect. Yeah. Read, do your research, as we mentioned, and you'll find all this information out instead of listening to anecdotal evidence like, oh, my child, boo, 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 <laughs> and that, and this and that, like, Please educate yourself. Take time. Instead of watching Netflix show, educate yourself about your child's future. Period. Absolutely. And yeah, we also have to, you know, look into other aspects of (laughs) research, um, especially when it comes to how do we solve other issues in our world outside of the pandemic, right? We're something like, as huge as say, I don't know, world hunger has been something that's been affecting our society for how long? And it never ever. seems like we ever have a solution to it, right? Like it always seems like, oh, right. like what will we do? Like world hunger is so huge, like it, it can't be solved. And I feel like, you know, comparing something like the pandemic to say something like world hunger, which seems so insurmountable, but to me, a pandemic also seems kind of insurmountable, but we figured it out, right? Like we're figuring it out. So that leads me into Elon Musk, who now put out a tweet not too long ago saying that he is willing to spend $6 billion to fight world hunger on one condition (laughs) (laughs) to fight. Wait, hold on. He said to fight world hunger, like he was God, but okay. On one condition, if the WFP can describe on this Twitter thread, exactly how $6 billion will solve world hunger. And he now said that he would sell his Tesla stock right there. And then if they were able to do this, And then in a follow-up tweet, he now said that the UN's plan must include open source accounting so that the public sees precisely how the money is spent. And this is all according to CNBC. What do you all think about this? I think it's complete cap, honestly. um, Because, Yeah. Uh, So we look at, I've done some research, and we look at um, the Force 400 in America, right? And we look at overall... A lot of billionaires and millionaires, they honestly do not donate any of their money. Eight out of the Forbes 400 individuals in America donate more than 20% of their wealth, right? And we're talking about millionaires and billionaires. And we talk about Elon Musk. He's been rated as one out of five for his philanthropic efforts, along with Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. With that being said, even with all his vast amounts of wealth, I mean, this guy literally made several billion dollars in one day. Like mm-hmm. what his acquisition would hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Where they acquired a hundred thousand of his Tesla models. Now, he's been a billionaire for the last couple of years. Like, 
why now like like why why haven't you thought and gendered this idea that there is so many challenges that people are going through we talk about ethiopia right now currently there's 250,000 people in ethiopia in the tigray tigray region in ethiopia that's suffering from famine and, and they're starved they're trying to figure out how to get food to their families we mm. talk about afghanistan people are selling their daughters just to get food bro mm. and this man is going on twitter this man's going on Twitter, bro, and he's talking about, yeah, so we'll see the percentage of people. I'll sell 10% of my Tesla stock. He did this like two or three days ago. If the majority of people feel like I should sell my Tesla stock, I'll do it, 10% of it, and I'll use it for whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, these people are very narcissistic. They have their own thoughts and their own ideations about what they want to do with the world. And if he really was focused on it, then why is he focused on trying to go to space and all? And I think it's dope that he's doing that. But there's also a lot of issues that we're plagued by in a, you know on on the earth. You feel me? And again, also I don't believe that you know he's necessarily he has to be mandated to do these things. But if you have any sense of morality, any sense of integrity. Like you don't need all that wealth. Literally, yo, you could live on twenty mil, bro, for the rest of your life. Mm. That's how much people make in America over their lifespan. Twenty mm. mil. You could live on twenty mil if you really needed to. Mm. You got an excess of billions of dollars. What are you doing with that? You just mm. sitting on there, just chilling, bro. So why not? And even if the UN can't formulate the plan, right? The World Food, you know, Foundation, World Food Program can't formulate it. You could put people. In that arena, you could put people in a room. You you have the network and resources to say, hey, how can I cure world hunger? Where do I start? How do I cure homelessness? That's an interesting perspective, get, Aldwin. Erica, you know I mean? I'm curious to know, because you were sounding like, like, what are you talking about? I, I'm interested right. to no, know what your thoughts saying, are. No, I was saying really <laughs> because it's interesting to hear other people's perspectives. I think, one, the fact that he got name dropped was just kind of like, oh, so you calling me out? Um, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll do this then. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also feel like he mentioned he would do it as long mm-hmm. as there's open source accounting. Cap. Meaning, <laughs> no, listen, listen, this is how I feel. If there's open source accounting, if this is what happens. You donate money. Prime example, you know how much money I know of even myself have donated to like the American Cancer Society or other organizations. Is my money really being used for research? Or even when um, we don't know what's the organization that helped when Hurricane Katrina? Yeah, it might have been FEMA. the We Are the World so or whatever. FEMA, oh yeah, but the American Red Cross was catching yeah, Red Cross. heat because people were like, "So where is my money actually going?" Right. That's a so, fact. Okay. If he has money that he wants to come up off of since he was called out, show me where the money's going to go and that won't be a problem. And it would be great to think that everybody in the world has these desires to end world hunger or contribute to world peace. The people that are the top earners and the people that literally run the money world. That's not Mm. the case. They make Mm. their money. They work hard for it. Of course. I don't see them coming up off of it. But- I do agree. If he I wants to give his, you know, donate his money, show the man how the money is going to be used. I think open source accounting is a good re- good way to start. And if if these organizations could actually provide that, which more often than not, they don't. Mm. What company have you seen 
to provide open source accounting when it comes to handling humanitarian efforts. Right. I mean, listen, wait. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you're, listen. I mean, I would say David Beasley, who is, you know, um, chairing the World F- uh, Food Program, he has reached out countless times to Elon Musk with no response in regards to he actually is trying to create a plan for this. Oh, we debate. And debating. it's very complicated. We debate. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> not debate. I'm well, just saying it's a complicated I issue. I, I can't you know? speak to it. I don't know it to be fact because I've never researched it. I wouldn't put it past him for doing so, but I mean, if he's willing now, you know, maybe Elon Musk been trying to build space, right? right with Who, so who's the one that we said we was leaving in space? Was it Jeff Be- Bezos? It was Jeff or was Bezos. It? Oh, yeah. So we were leaving him in space. All right, we're leaving him in space, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we were leaving. Elon Musk is about to be up there too, <laughs> right? I'm saying, like, think of what what is Tesla? And right. I know we gotta move on, but like Tesla is like the Jetsons. That's like the future, yeah, right? That's a so fact. It is, this right. is what it I'm is. saying about what I mean by Elon Musk is busy trying to. He's trying to build what he was likely put on Earth to do. Right now, yeah. maybe he wasn't, which I respect. Put, put on earth to end world hunger but he could contribute so i agree if if he agrees to contribute now great if he didn't before i can't speak to that because i don't really i don't know that man sorry to that man (laughs) sorry to um, that man i don't know i mean eric i agree with you in regards to he doesn't owe the world nothing honestly he has a lot of money and although i'm if i was in that position i would do certainly different things but you know, the world didn't give him nothing, right? He started with literally nothing in the late 90s exactly. right? mm. to to get into Tesla and build his stock and, you know, build his acclaim. So, you know, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. We know moving forward, th- these are common issues that come up. You target people. They're going to react how they react. He's going to feel how he's feel. He already has a vision for his plan, like you mentioned. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah I mean, it would be nice. And listen, right. when it comes to prominent people in society, we have people who are trying to make effort to do good. And we have people who are just doing whatever the heck they want to do. And they don't care <laughs> who suffers <laughs> at the <laughs> hands of it. Right. Ever. I mean, right. perfect example, Henry Ruggs and the tragedy that right. just happened just That's this past Tuesday. Uh, I'll give a rundown for our listeners. But 22 year old Henry Ruggs uh, was a Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver who was charged with driving under the influence at 156 miles. I just, I'm going to say it two times, 156 miles per hour. I have never even touched the 100 mark, let alone the 90 mark when I drive with a blood alcohol level of twice of Nevada's government. So this man came from, I don't know where he came from. He probably came from the club. He came from, I don't know where he came from, but he was drunk out, his ma- drunk out of his mind, stepping on the wow. gas like like nobody's business and his Corvette. And he was driving a very expensive car that he clearly, you know, got from this, this position that he has as a wide receiver into the rear of a RAV4 that caught fire at impact, killing a 23 year old woman, Tina O Tintor and her dog. I mean, can't make it up. Like, where do we go from here? You, how do you live with yourself? You killed, you, you killed somebody. Like, how do you live with yourself knowing that a life is lost at the hands of you just deciding to use whatever financial or status powers that may be, I don't know what, whatever these uh, professional athletes, you know, deem themselves to be, use that very um, irresponsibly, which then costs the life of another human being who you don't even know what plans she had for herself. You don't even know who she was going to be in the future. And all of that, because of those two decisions that she made, one to be drunk, then two to be drunk behind the wheel now cost the life of a whole nother person. I just don't, how do you recover from that? Like, 
Wow. I would I, I would yeah. love to know his mental state prior to getting in that car that night. Right. Not not even beyond beyond the alcohol. Cause if you're driving that fast, uh, you gotta you, you know right. what I'm saying? Like right. where was his head at? Right. Um it's wild. Where was his head at? Like that t- those types of speeds is like, were you trying to off yourself right. yourself? It has like to. right. <laughs> no, what, literally. What was going on? Literally. Um, but he's twenty. Like I'm, I'm reading the article and I'm like, dang, this is a baby, a young boy. He yeah, 22. he's young, right? Um, so don't it excuse, really, but it really, no, 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 no excuse at all. But listen, that 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 frontal lobe development, right? There you go. That yeah. joint was not twenty five. Clearly, twenty five. Um, Why are men yeah. the weaker link? Twenty five. Oh, no. no, it no. takes until <laughs> it takes until no. twenty five for men and women to fully form their frontal lobe. For men and, and women, I know it can't be yeah. the same for women. For women, it has to be 18 because 25, why do y'all need all that time? What's going on? All the way. Hey, we know. <laughs> let's bruh, not do that let, today. Let, Erica, do your thing. Do your thing. I'll talk. <laughs> let's to not do that today, my people, please. No, but yeah. honestly, though, it makes me so. <clears throat> I like to go out and have drinks. Right. Right. I'm pretty sure I was having drinks as soon as I turned 21, sticking to that. (laughs) However, it makes you wonder, like, could this potentially cause a need to increase the the age of drinking? Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, look at the irresponsibility. Um, We just mentioned the brain in its development beyond the age of 21. It just, these little things as clinicians, it just kind of makes you think I'm no researcher, but I would love to learn more about like the effects of alcohol on an underdeveloped brain. Right. In terms of, and all when you might be able to speak to this actually, like what are your thoughts? You know, and my my thoughts on this is that, you know, unfortunately, you know, condolences to the life that was lost and also to Henry Ruggs as well, um, being a black man in America dealing with this. And you talk about his frontal lobe, you talk about his brain. We also got to recognize that substance use um, disorder and substance use issue can be a very common problem in a lot of individuals in the in, in the NFL and NBA and these professional sports where... For instance, they're dealing with a lot of pressures, right? You got to be very successful. You got the pressures to come to work, practice, do your thing, hold it down. And he's doing pretty well in the NFL. And I'm not excusing his behavior, but I do want to lend to the fact that, number one, like you mentioned, he's young. Number two, when you take alcohol to that certain limit and then that inhibits a lot of your frontal lobe functioning, right? Your executive functioning, your ability to coordinate, you know, proper decision making. Right. It can affect you. And again, the brain is not fully formed until you're 25 years old. And so speaking to 156 miles, like I'll I'll self-sacrifice. I'll say I went over 100 miles per hour a couple of times. I ain't a lot. Um, huh? but Okay. With, cool. Yeah, uh, so y'all be doing that, that for the, real, for real? That's real? Nah, oh my God. that was when I was young. No, I'm talking about I was young. Though. Oh, okay, like, okay. You feel me? I was like mad young. I was like 18, 19, you know, you had a shorty with you and you got <laughs> That doesn't impress me, yo. I've been in a car that yeah. it doesn't. I just want to fly out of the car, like just, <laughs> just to get. I'm too sensitive yeah. for that stuff. Like right. if the car is right. flying, I get nervous, you know. Like that's right. just me, though. 
Yeah. But I just say, like, we just lost another, you know, uh, a black man to, you know, we don't know what his conviction is going to be like, but we just lost him, unfortunately, yeah. to, you know, this whole situation where he probably didn't have a mentor. Yeah, if somebody got him, put him on with game. with Yo, this is how you should act. You're a professional, right? Even on my last rotation at UCLA in neurology, right? The program director and me, we was riding down to one of the hospitals and all that. And he was telling me, like, as a physician, you're always on the clock. People always watching you. It doesn't matter if you're not in the hospital. People, hey, that's Alderman. He's a doctor at such and such hospital, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they can they can target that, right? And say, like, yo, he's misbehaving. He's not a good human being. Like, they can antagonize you off of that. And you could have a history of, of all good things, things that you do. Yeah. Like, he, this guy, he got a kid on the way. He had a kid that just got born, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Has a beautiful wife. Like, he, you know, outside of this one incident, he wasn't known to be getting felonies and doing stuff in the street and all that. Right. Well, all it takes is one day, one incident, and your life is finished. So that's all it takes. I say that to say, with that being said, like everybody that's listening, like, yo, make sure you take into consideration every decision you make could impact you forever. Right. One little thing could drop you. So be smart. Navigate all your choices and consequences prudently. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and it's like like what you said, you know, you could have a wealth of good, um, yeah. but that could all be tarnished, right, by one situation. And there's a lot of things going on right now that people are very just shocked at and just upset at. And, you know, Henry Ruggs, I mean, I feel for him and I really hope that he pulls out of this, you know, better mm-hmm. on the other side and that he right. learns from it. There's some other horrible things going on as well like say for instance at howard university my alma mater (laughs) which is going under a lot of heat um a school that i deem to also have a lot of good that i deem that you know put me at a very great position in life and i really owe so much to howard but i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed right now (laughs) um because of all the things that have been going on at that school i don't even I'm not going to go step on my soapbox and just go into like all of the things that I feel like happens not only at Howard, but just other HBCUs when it comes to just like not being heard administration, just kind of like shoving aside students wishes and just letting students fend for themselves despite high tuition, you know, payments that they make despite, right. you know, giving so much to the school and trying to participate. But then how can you do all that when you got mold that you breathing in every That's night wild. when you That's have wild, rats and whatever running through your, who's doing that? You're paying money for that. Like I just don't get it. So it's just been really sad seeing all of these situations. Like I've been, you know, I clearly, I follow a lot of, you know, Howard students, Howard alum on my social media platforms. All I see is just like, you know, Howard has just been letting their students sleep out in tents, like in front of the dining center, because they just don't like their housing conditions and they're just not being heard. And it's just disappointing to see, because like, even when I was at Howard, um, there was a protest that happened for about nine days. It wasn't as long as this protest, but people were protesting similar issues. Not, I don't know if it was housing. Um, I don't know if it was housing conditions, but I think it was housing, like availability was the issue. So there wasn't enough housing for all the students. And so there's always like every year, some rendition of another issue about the same thing but just in a different flavor every year i feel like at that school and i really just need us to do better because these are schools that we look up to highly these are schools that like educate some of our our greatest black minds and like you want them to think oh i maybe i shouldn't attend because they're also complaining about this really important thing which is like safety and just like feeling comfortable and so i'm not gonna stand on my soapbox and i'm i can only really speak for howard but i know that like 
when Howard talked about their issues, there were other HBCUs that started also kind of mentioning, yeah, like we had this issue a couple years back or like not too long ago. And so I think it, it has allowed for a platform to people be more transparent about like, this is what's going on and we should be more intentional. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are and how much you guys know about like what's been going on. Cause I've been seeing it a lot as a Howard alum and like, it is really right. disappointing and it makes me not even want to like talk mm. or mention it so much because like, I'm afraid to like, Put, make my school look bad but at the same time i also don't want to like coddle them and say that it's okay because it's not okay you know yeah i don't think it's a matter of making the school look bad personally i think mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. calling out the issues um right i think every hbcu has had some issue that gets swept under the rug when you're right. an undergrad and right. how we took it i can think of instances of situations when i was there um, at Hampton University and it was oh it's just a part of the experience right um mm-hmm. and I think some of us look at it as yeah it's just a part of the haze like it's just a part of going through school at an HBCU right and you deal and you know for the most part we did deal and we made the best of it right but then you realize like wait a minute no like Parents are paying money. Students have turned down other schools. Some turned down scholarships at other schools so they could get that genuine HBCU experience. And it's like, why can't you, why can't you elevate? Why can't you meet standards? It's not even like people are asking for much. We're not asking for gourmet food. We just want food that's healthy, that, hasn't been sitting around sitting out right um like you know you want an an experience that you're paying for right because at the end of the day everyone's paying for their college experience unless you go on scholarship and even with scholarship you still have a right to to have certain things outlined and you know present for you right so i don't think it's a matter of sitting quiet like we realize like okay this is crazy if I went through this when I was there there's no reason if I have a child at this school now that they should be going through the still same going thing. through it right and I think that's the issue like a big issue amongst HBCUs across the board is financial aid right like the Period. financial aid department or the accounts department right why is there still a line that I have to wait for to get whatever done. Why can't it just be automated online? Exactly. And these are just some of the gripes and concerns that I've heard over the years. I'm 15 years removed now right. from <laughs> undergrad. So it's like to hear the same things over and over is just crazy. Right. So I think I think they need to do something about it. I really do. I hope these students voices are heard their concerns are heard mm-hmm. um, their health is unaffected and you know shout out to the students at, at Howard shout out to them yeah right. Howard has been historically known for making noise and affecting change so right. I stand with them same Hampton supports Howard here I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I also sure. support them as well, you know, and some of these disastrous things that are happening, if you look at a PWI, if this was happening over there, like, Bruh. it wouldn't necessarily be an issue. Like, they would 
get on this like national you know, news. And it's, yep. Right. This is like media backlash and still these students are dealing with this. This this goes back to what, like 2018, 2019 has been an issue, you know, with the mold and everything. 28. And probably so, if we could, let's take it back that, more. Right? But it's just, right. you know, like we have to pick and choose our battles, right? Like we can't be talking right. about mold every year. Now today, yeah. the issue is actually more about the fact that I can't even get into a dorm. Like let's switch right. it up because we can't, we have to see which one's more of the mm. pressing matter, right? So that's just how bad it is, is that like there's always these right. issues but like mm-hmm. we can't even always mention the same issues every year because it's like we have to we have to switch up the flavor right like <laughs> and you you really can't make this up right before this episode i was watching so you know another a figure that we know of that he was interviewing somebody and they were talking about how much money is donated to hbcus right mm-hmm. and over the last year 4.7 billion dollars have been donated to hbcus mm-hmm. right prior to that in the budget Right, HBCUs ask for in in 2020 they've asked they asked for 800 about 800 million dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. and they got about 660 something like that. Mm-hmm. So you have all this excess money, right? And now these students are dealing with this issue. Like, y'all got this bread or like, what are y'all doing? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like Isabella, like you were saying, like you these students are paying exorbitant amounts of money. They got student debt. The expectation is that when they come to school. All they deal with is school, not freaking mold, not asbestos, not these extraneous factors that right. induce stress that affect your physiology to the point that it induces stress, that that stress induces an impact on your grades, that impact on your grades affects your ability to create and cultivate success in your future. You right. know what I mean? It's all lined up. And so Howard got to do a better job. And I'm glad that you're being transparent about this and being like woke about it and talking about it because if you won't do it, then who else will, right? And oftentimes with these issues, you know, we 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 see it in the news here and there, but it's not something that's necessarily targeted. If this joint happened at UGA or University of Delaware or it happened at you know, name you like a big major school, everybody like, oh my god, yeah, what's going on? My kids, story. this and that, protect my kids, ah, like different story. But when it's the HBCU, nobody want to talk about it. Now let's mm-hmm. talk about it and let's confront them. And I'm glad that they've been out there and they actually are marketing this and saying, hey, this is the issue. Now y'all need to face this and we're going to continue pushing on. So shout out to the Howard students that are yeah. dealing with this. We we love y'all, appreciate y'all, and we hope that this issue gets rectified at the end yeah. of the day. I think one thing with Black college students or alumni is you kind of touched on it. Like we like to try to, to maintain this reputation, right? Right. We don't want to go yeah. off too much. Mm-hmm. We try to like keep things in house, right? And oftentimes we can do that well, but Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> on on this next topic, we were not really able, and I say we because I am a member mm. of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Mm-hmm. We were not able <laughs> to keep our feelings under wrap mm. um, with regards to the episode, which I did not see because I have been buried under books. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. This insecure episode, which mentions and features um, two of the cast members, Molly and what is the other? Oh, name? the what's her name? Um, is it Tiffany on the show? Tiffany, yeah. yeah. Tiffany. Played Amanda, by Amanda Seals. Amanda, Amanda Seals, Seals yeah. yes. And they're both yeah. AKAs. They've been AKAs on the show mm-hmm. since right. season one. We've known mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, season, the yeah. issue that many of my, I'll say my sorors, because I don't yeah. know, I can't Please speak for, I can't speak for like 
individuals that are not in divine non right. organizations, but my sorors were not happy um, right. for a number of reasons. The main reason that I've learned is that uh, the official shield was mm. used on the show without being cleared. Oh. Um, there was a lot of okay. other, and I, I listen, I'm a fan of Issa Rae. Yep. I would like to shout out personally, uh, big sister from Hampton University, Shiona Torini, who mm. is a stylist. If not, I think she might actually be the stylist for the show, mm, who had dope. Tiffany dressed in shout pink out. and green from head to toe. That girl was hard. It was, did. She was hard. Bomb. I seen the. She looks so, fly. I'm, I'm gonna let you know that girl. She looks fly. fly. <laughs> We're shouting you out, Shiona yeah. Torini. Yeah. She may never hear this, but I'm proud of her. Right. Um, but all that to say, I don't think so. It was so much them having the organization displayed. It was mm. for people who realize it. It was the shield right. being right. displayed. That's and what I heard I as well. And as far as I know. It was not cleared. And that's from like sources. I've been trying to do my research on it. I haven't been on social media much, but I have seen people who are like heavy in the sorority that have mentioned the shield wasn't cleared for use. And that's where the issue comes from. And honestly, Mm -hmm. if it was any other organization and something, not just paraphernalia in general that says the letters, if it was like, your shield, they would have raised hell to guaranteed. Yeah. So yeah. that was the issue. Um, it didn't go over well. And then a whole bunch no, of people who, you know, may or may not have had issues with the sorority in the past came on Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, said their piece. Everybody yeah. was extra. Yeah, cetera, I have a follow up question, Erica, because like, what do you think about just like Issa? kind of feeling a little bit slighted by that like saying that like i like i don't know what exactly she said but she was more so kind of upset saying that like yeah go ahead Alden. i I was gonna say like like basically what she said was that if you want me to delete like that aspect of the episode then tell hbo to delete the actual whole episode you know what i mean i mean i i when it comes to a gdi uh an individual a they're they're no a, a person is not in an organization, yeah. right? What does GDI and, mean? Yeah, break that down for us. A di- it's an individual. I start relying or independent. I uh, will leave it at that. But can I? I just right, we'll sorry, listeners. It's not we just top secret. It's just we are a PG show and we do not say any curse words on here yeah a gosh darn a gosh darn independent or gosh darn individual okay okay. let's just say people not in divine not organizations Mm -hmm. i you know if she was in one maybe she would have been more sensitive Mm. i agree and that's real that's real that's 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 how i feel i mean if i was her as a person in a non-divine non organization or, or just not in a divine non organization. And what I mean by that is a black Greek letter organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I probably would have said something similarly because she was getting so much heat, you know, yeah. at one point I was like, dang, is it really that bad? And then, like I said, yeah. I was informed that it was like, nah, there was apparently the shield mm-hmm. was, was portrayed on the show 
um, right. and not just like yeah. sitting in a corner. It was like yeah. worn by yeah. a person not in the organization. Um, and I think that's where all of the uproar came from. Um, so okay. yeah, I, but you I still- don't hate her for it. I love the show. I think it's great for black culture. I think there are so many, and I'll be brief. There's so many other individuals that are never exposed to black Greek led organizations. Right. So in a, on a show that gives that exposure, like back in the day, different world used to have AKAs, Q's, Kappa's on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, That's facts. On, you know, the paraphernalia, whatever. So you got exposure. So I'm happy that she's exposing people to black, black Greek led organizations. I'm happy for it. Yeah. Um, Thanks for that. Done better. Yeah, thanks for the for the insight. Because yeah, I was sure. looking at it like, yo, like I had my certain opinions about it, but then that's why we gotta have these conversations so that I understand your perspective. And now it's like, all right, I take your perspective from somebody that's actually in the organization, mm-hmm. and now I could see it like and move forward and say like, you know, like move yeah. forward and see how it's I clarification for everybody, right? Because like yeah. I think the person who should mostly speak about it is the one who's in the organization so how yeah, convenient that we have a aka member in the team that's Happy just to great be here. <laughs> yeah i know that was just clutch right we appreciate you you know in terms of clarification i mean we we're also getting clarification on other things we've talked about in our previous episodes with uh the situation that happened with dr Corey and kaiser permanent uh permanente sorry um <laughs> where we know that you know they decided to remove dr Corey because she decided to speak on truth about issues facing black and brown people in uh medicine and just in health in general they suspended her thinking that no one was going to speak up that we were just going to keep quiet and mm-hmm. now it's come to light about the situation um they what were happened? deemed in violation by the national labor relation act that kaiser permanente definitely should never yes. suspended her and she dr Corey made that known on her twitter and let them you know let everybody who has been following this case know that it's actually received attention that she is going to get some form of justice for what was done to her all those years ago. So I'm just glad that she was able to, you know, that everything has come full circle with that situation that we're finally getting some justice because they hate it when a black woman speaks up and tries to yeah. make the truth known. They they can't stand it. They can't. She did her thing and stayed encouraged in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And we read that letter that she sent Yep. On one of our previous episodes. So, Dr. Corey, we stand with you still. Yeah. And we are so inspired that you did not give up on this this fight. Because right. uh, this this helps us future medical doctors, black and brown yeah. medical doctors who right. may face similar issues in our own careers. And it's just inspiration to kind of, you know, keep going and, and go after what you believe. Don't let yourself be silenced. Right. Yeah, I mean, she was literally the only black woman that was a group facilitator at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and the way that she was empowering so many students. And I think, you know, we got to lend cre- uh, credit to her in regards to many times people see, oh, I'm an individual. How do I face a whole organization or institution right. as myself and face these charges? And, you know, she believed in what was going on and she believed that you know, in some ways she may be a scapegoat, but in some ways... She is, you know, a leader. She is a representative of those who cannot voice their opinion and their thoughts about creating a di- diversified field in medicine. 
And so even while I'm, I'm in Cali right now, right? I'm, I'm on, I was on a Cal train coming down and you see Kaiser Permanente everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the CEO, the dude that was affiliated, you know, unfortunately died, Bernard Tyson, um, was a black man, you know? And so to see a lot of the disastrous effects of this, especially her being a black woman and trying to kind of navigate the situation and kind of change the, you know, the, the field as a whole, and for them to antagonize her in this way is just unfortunate. But I'm glad she's doing this because other people are going to face this situation. It's not the first time. And it's not going to be the last be the time. Last. Yep, but, nine, the you know last. what I'm saying? We talk about 20, 30 years ago, this thing was happening. Nobody was saying nothing. Like, But now it's like, yo, we ready. We prep for war. And y'all want to act on it? Like, let's get it. Right. I'll spend the bread. We go into legal. We go to litigation. You know what right. I mean? And I'm so happy that everybody got support of her including myself and everybody on this podcast. So I look forward to seeing like the results of this and, um, you know, shout out to Dr. Corey, you know, Sierra Leone and Trini, you know what I'm saying? Stand up. She's still representing and pushing through. That's a whole queen right there. Right. And, you know, so we mentioned Native American Heritage Month and um, we've, we've <laughs> talked about a lot of things there. We still have to mention um, yes. Before we round it out, we talk about, you know, National Diabetes Month, because that is a very important topic to discuss. I want us to just quickly, quickly add, and I meant to do this after we spoke about Henry Ruggs and that whole situation. But I think yeah. we were excited with, you know, the Howard and Insecure episode. But what in the world happened yesterday at this man, Travis Scott's concert? What is going on? You know what? Like, I'm so Bruh. grateful I'm so grateful I was raised in I'm so grateful I was raised in a Nigerian household. Thank you, God. Because the fact that some of these parents are letting their children go to concerts. 14-year-old. Go to concerts. Travis Scott? That man last year that man was throwing up a microphone looking like the devil himself. What 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 is my child doing there? Is it bad that I have to Google this individual to figure out who he was? Nah, it's all good. But I will say, like, there is a lot of sickness going on. Like, I was even watching videos right prior to the show, it was like 5, 6 30. People are like rushing through literally these gates. And already starting to trample over people. And so with that being said, there was not enough crowd control. And you got people 10 years old at these concerts, you know, not even being monitored by their parents. You and then Travis want to give like, a fake apology. Did y'all see his apology? I seen the video, eyes, bro. And he was squinting. Himself- <laughs> he was like, he was like sliding across his forehead, and it was like, oh my god, like I, I, I I'm sorry, like uh, and, you didn't know. Is this the all my? Is this the all my friends are dead singer? Yes. No, that, no, that's no, 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 Uzi. That's, that's, no, Uzi. Travis, that's Uzi. Travis is the one no. who did uh, Ash, like Asherol, the one who was dating Kylie Jenner, who uh, impregnated that girl twice. The... Kylie uh, Jenner's uh, uh, baby uh, father. No. Yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, literally, it just has me thinking, like, human beings are really wild. And I, I now I see They're my mom. They're very sick. Like, now I see what my mom said, like, yo, you're not going to. Like, you growing can't... up, I could not go to concerts. Don't, and she, my mom always go... said, people do drugs. People die. All the... I always they thought do. she was dramatic. And now that I've seen this, I'm just like, yo, like, she was so true. Because There was I... a dude in the crowd that was injecting people with drugs. They found out. Yes. They're they trying to find out who he is. But what he injected apparently God, eight, nine people. Yeah. People are just sick. And then I was talking to my boy who went to Rolling Loud, which is another festival. It happened in New York, but similar kind of effect. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I went to the festival, and the second day, people started pushing me to the front. And I was like, nah, bro. Like, I'm not being in the front no more, like, because I feel like 
I'm gonna get trampled. And then he sees this event, it's like, oh, it just makes a whole bunch of sense. And let's call a spade a spade. Let's call like, a spade a spade. The only reason why our concerts have started looking ridiculous like this is because we're not gatekeeping rap the way that we should be. There are yeah. white individuals who are turning rap concerts into a rock and roll festival. <laughs> With LSD, with Exposed. all this like yes, MDMA people. Yo, it's, not it's for because... nothing. It's yeah. us too, sis. You right, psilocybin. <laughs> yeah, all that. Yeah, I mean, stuff. It's, it's, I'm it's doing a black... presentation on MDMA and PTSD this upcoming week. So yeah, it's, it's black the shout people out for me. too, sis. You're they, right, though. Like, You're black right. People have converted from mm. you know that sticky icky. <laughs> And <laughs> reefer, as He's my parents big. have called yeah. it in the past, to, they on them harsh. You're you know, right. Nah, that's real. You're right. You here drugs right You're right. Now, so. You're right. No, that's but true. Talk, it's, a, it's a hybrid now. It's a hybrid of black people we're seeing now. It's it's a hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> but not yeah. honestly, yeah. condolences to the people that lost their no, lives. No, seriously, people that lost their lives. Like, yeah. and, like who gets up and is like, I'm going to concert. I'm dying today. Like, right. Going and having a good time. Listen, and so right. it's on the Houston PD. It's on Travis Scott. Like, yeah, I got to figure out a way to make the environment safe. Figure it and out. This, has, this like, is the first time that there's been a, a mortality at a concert since 2017 and in 2017 when it happened it was because of a mass shooter right. so yeah ariana grande like yeah. mm-hmm. shooter lethal event you know, what you know what's right. even more tr- was more trash i mean i can't say because i don't live there anymore but i wonder how many of those people were actually from houston right astro world is a houston nah, staple right you know, it is when it it's was mad people that fly in for that it definitely yeah, fluid when, yeah. when it was actually yeah. astro world like i have classmates that used to work at the theme park and when Fortnite, all that when they tore it down and you know they whatever they did to rebuild in a sense they went back they reminisced astroworld is done now so like you can't even as a houston native go back and enjoy something that That was for you was a pure part like the most pure part right it's a theme park right Right. part of your childhood and Yeah, it's just ten year olds, fourteen year olds. Why are you at a a festival? It's the parents, because what is the parent? The parents got to tell them whether or not they can go or not. I was not going nowhere. I can't get to a concert. Parents, right? They no, I, with and they go with, and that's true point. and that's true too yeah mm-hmm. that's true i mean i'm not so like well. clearly now i know as a parent my kid is not attending any any concert of that level no maybe right. maybe blues clues or barney concerts <laughs> right. i don't know what they have but they're not right. going to travis scott i'm it's sorry it's gonna be private we're gonna right. hire travis scott to come to the house you yeah know like we're not doing that so you we're know making what, a lot of money by the way <laughs> once again rest in peace to all the victims of not that that fatal event you know i'm Why? so i'm so what? I'm so sad even to hear that. The names yet, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, we but, we living in a different day, y'all. It's, it's a different day. I don't know. Did people die when they went to Woodstock? Like, I gotta ask my mother because that was her era. Like, did they? Did they I mean, they. I don't know. Woodstock? Death. Maybe. I mean, who knows, right? Like, I feel like it's a different. It's a different yeah. situation, but Probably. same outcome, maybe, yeah. you know, but right. what makes this sad is the fact that like it's young children out here. Like, I don't I hope young right. children weren't going to Woodstock, you know, like, and that's it my took hope. them 40 minutes too to actually like for him to like realize like, yo, let me yeah. stop the show. Yeah. There was ambulances and all that. And they just continued to ignore that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And people Damn. were trying to, you know, HPD was trying to tell them, you know, but it was like, oh, we got 50,000 people. And although. It's you know it could fit two hundred and fifty thousand people in right. that arena in that setting, 
like they were trying to get at him like yo let's stop this but right it took time for them to get to managers to the event hosts and the venue and all that so yeah it's just overall just a disaster so condolences man it's whack yeah yeah anyway to round it out i mean before we end it it's it is national diabetes month and so also trying to give um attention to another big killer uh something that is also kind of preventable as well uh diabetes and the focus of the cdc for this year's National Diabetes Month is uh, pre-diabetes and actually prevention of pre-diabetes turning into diabetes. And so how can we be mindful of that and uh, make sure that we do what's necessary to, you know, advocate for people who could be at risk of of basically getting diabetes and like, what are the steps that we can take? And so the CDC, of course, made know that 88 million Americans have pre-diabetes, but majority of the people don't even know that they have it. And so there's definitely a gap in knowledge in terms of how people can be tested for whether or not they're uh, possibly um, at risk of uh, developing diabetes. And so they recommend that people get blood tested to determine this. Um, Also just getting active, changing your diet, maybe joining some kind of diabetes prevention program that's near you in your area. And so, and also we know diabetes affects so many black and brown people. We are at the highest risk of receiving that, receiving that, especially knowing that so many of us live in food deserts and like we just, maybe a lot of us are working a lot of jobs and we don't have the the time or the energy to really work out like that because we're also raising our kids. So there's so many factors that go into this. And so um, just want to make uh, every all of our listeners aware about National Diabetes Month. And if you know anybody, maybe you have a family member, maybe you have somebody close to you that either has diabetes or is at risk of receiving diabetes, just letting them know what's the uh, their options are and what resources they can tap into. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, make sure, you know, you tune in. Make sure, like Isabella said, diabetes is just a de- 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 devastating disease. In particular, when we talk about neurology, it's one of the number one risk factors for a dementia, par- dementia particularly Alzheimer's dementia. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a whole mechanism. Y'all could study pathophysiology in regards to that. But diabetes just leads to a whole bunch of issues with cardiovascular disease, renal issues, you know, retinopathy in the eye. It leads to so many things. And so people oftentimes, especially in the black community, when we are diagnosed with diabetes, I saw this on rotations where it's like homeboys having erectile dysfunction. He's starting to have like blindness. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting old. It's a natural. Bro, you 53, bro. This is not supposed to happen to you. Honestly, like we we got the narrative. I agree. That's we got to target the prevention aspects, especially mm-hmm. for our communities, because people are not, unfortunately, not educated, right? The right. average American has a sixth grade level reading level, right? Right. And we don't take the time to really learn about how to take care of ourselves, right? What we eat is ourselves. You yeah, know what I'm who we are. So if you're eating eat. a lot of sugar, then you're going to turn this to diabetes itself. You know what I mean? You're going to have to. <laughs> I'll turn it to diabetes. I was with him. I no, can be no. dramatic, but you're right uh, though. You're right. He <laughs> said, "Don't the sugars." Yeah, you're right, know, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. You're yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, no. I'm, I'm just no laughing at the wording, but you're right though. It's the like, sugarcoat. <laughs> the awareness is key, and that's why I love this space, and I love that we're here to talk about issues like this. And then, you know, when we move forward with our professional careers, it's important to us, regardless of where we at. Diabetes affects us in psychiatry, neurology, internal medicine, urology, like you think of any aspect of medicine. And so I implore you, not just, you know, us here, but, you know, all our listeners that are in medical school, like 
think about how the, you know diabetes is such an integral part of our society now right. and so we have to target that when we're seeing our patients and educate them and so so that we can move forward and increase the lifespan longevity you know people are dying from things like renal failure you know at 60 years old where it's yeah. like bro you could have taken care of yourself like i'll be biking out here bro like five ten miles a day off of the diabetes joint you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm i'm joint. trying to combat that so we just gotta have create that you know awareness and uh, understanding so Period. i'm happy this this month is beautiful that we're doing that it's a great run the list guys and thank you to our listeners for listening um next month we'll have more things to talk about but we hope you guys enjoyed run the list yes so you know we on a financial corner segment shout out to y'all if y'all about making this bag making this bad bread 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 leveraging (laughs) all the opportunities is so key financial corner we on a corner are we on the corner? We in the corner. <laughs> I don't know how I so, feel about so, being on the corner, but I am present. Just a second, can you just be like with it? Like, today? like come on, come on. I've been noticing Erica and Aldi, y'all have been debating today. What's going on? No, 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 no. The hawk is out. It is 40, 30 degrees in New York. Oh, I, word. Yo, yes, you That's out there in Palo Alto, so you could be on the corner. I'm gonna be in my car <laughs> in the home. Hey, why it's you 60 on the degrees out here? Bless God. Oh wow, that's beautiful. I love that for you. That's great. I will be but, present with you in the corner. <laughs> but anyway, financial corner. You know, we empower you for success. You know, all our listeners to ensure that you're understanding and create finance, financial literacy and gener- generational wealth for the future. And so today we're going to be talking about the doctor loan. You know, the opportunity to buy your own home. You know, what I mean, at an early stage in your career. And we know that right now the average amount of medical school debt is at 216k wow. in 2021, and it That's takes doctors. 13 years on average to repay all their loans. So with that being said, why not use your debt to leverage buying a property? You know what I mean? But you got to be really prudent, right? When you're buying a property, it got to be a place where you foresee yourself being in on a permanent basis. Because you don't want to buy a property and you live in Atlanta, right? And then you you go to residency in North Dakota or Mm -hmm. Palo Alto, California, where I'm at in Stanford. Mm -hmm. And... You, you're just so kind of so separate from the actual opportunity to take advantage of it. You know, and I'm actually experiencing, experiencing this right now, actually being here and I got my property in Atlanta and, you know, I'm renting it out and all that. And it's like, there's some issues that's coming up. And so you want to be kind of in a position where it's like, yo, I really dig this vibe. I really dig this place that I'm at so that I could be here and leverage my place being here, but leverage the opportunity to rent it out and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the thing with, Having a doctor loan, what the the beautiful thing about having a doctor loan is that, number one, you got no PMI. So PMI stands for private mortgage insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So with doctor loans, you could typically, right, put down 2 to 5% on a home. So when you're buying a home, usually, obviously, most people don't got $300,000, dollars $500,000 that they could just drop, right? Unless right. you're a rapper, celebrity, unless you like Yeezy worth $6 billion, whatever the case may be. Jay, whatever. All right. You could drop down the money and buy the house. But the thing is, most people, if you can't put down at least 20%, they're going to charge you an extra 0.5% to 1% on the loan that they give you. Mm-hmm. So with the doctor loan, what happens is that 
they don't give any PMI so that that's not a that's not an increase in the amount of interest that goes on your loan per year. Second, we know when you're in medical school and when, you know, you're going through this whole process, most people, including myself, I'll tell you, I keep 100, you know, I'm in six figure debt. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm probably going to hit half a mil with my two masters in med school mm. um, with my debt. So oftentimes, a lot of these people, when they look at you being getting pre-qualified, which essentially, you know, is at looking at if you are qualified in initial stages based off of your credit score based off of uh, things like how much money you got and you, like what's your career looking like and all mm-hmm. that. Like they take into account your income to debt ratio. You know? mm-hmm. So as a medical student, you're making your income is zero dollars. Right. But your debt is exorbitantly high, right? I'm right. talking about myself and most people. And so a lot of doctor loans, they don't look into the income to loan debt ratio, fortunately. And so with that being said, in most instances, outside of a doctor loan, they want your de- you know income to debt ratio to be less than fifty percent. For most of us, if you add zero and you got like three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in loans, it's like that's like yeah. I don't know, like that's we write it know, on faith. Right oh, on don't you know that? Right. When we take out those right. loans, we're writing on faith that it's gonna all work that's out. A, <laughs> but anyway, we talk because when you say that out loud, it sounds yeah. crazy, but you really understand that there's so much faith and like time we it's put so into this because we we have to pay off because uh, what five thousand people didn't match last year but that's another you know topic to talk about that's not let's not but even bring that into the, existence yeah, yeah, please but <laughs> but uh, you know most of the people most you know most most of the people that go through this physician loan they they can't adequately you know what i'm saying supply that they got an income right so with the phys- physician loan what you could do even right before residency like you show them like yo I'm approved to go into this residency. And so now I got, this is how much I'm going to make. And so I'm going to let y'all know and like, you know, y'all could approve me because, you know, I'm going to be in a high earning, you know, field. Right. Most physicians, on average, physicians make anywhere between 250000 to three hundred k a year, which right. puts them in the 85th percentile in America. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what's good with physician loans is that a house they could, they could, they, they, they could give you a loan for a mortgage on a house up to a million dollars. Sometimes they could give you even more. I've seen banks that give you two million, mm. two point five million, depending on your situation. You know what I mean? Right. And with the physician loan, another good thing is that you don't necessarily have to have the best credit in the world. Right. Some banks will give you a loan with the credit as low as six hundred and forty, which is about like good, like. Yeah, you know, that's like yeah, good, good. average, mm-hmm. average, or average yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So which is which is really good, you know. And with the income, obviously the income standards, right? I have a follow but up I'm, question, Alwyn, real quick. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. So we talk about this doctor loan, which is like so high, yeah. and like yeah. you know, having to now get property can then maybe be. So what essentially what you're saying is the fact that we're taking out loans to become doctors does that put us at a at a yeah. better advantage than say somebody who has loans not trying to become a doctor? Like what exactly? 100%. 100%. Because with the physician loan, what happens is that, again, you could leverage your debt. So this is only specific to MDs and DOs. And in some cases, you could be a DMD. You could be, you know, like a OD, which is optometry as well. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, pharmacy as well. Mm-hmm. So with this debt, like you leverage it to get a property. And think about it. You could do so many things with a property, right? You could turn it into a business. You could... Mm-hmm. You know, you could have your practice in your house if you want to. Right. You could like rent, 
you know, the situation out for Air, Airbnb, or you could have students come in and which I'm doing and rent it out to the students. So there's different things that, that you could really do to, with it. But if, for instance, you're taking debt out for, I don't know, getting your PsyD, right? No offense to the PsyD people, but they, they don't, although they're doctors, right? Or DMP, they're doctors. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily qualify for this physician loan. Mm -hmm. It's all off of the base that you could make so much money that they're looking at you like, yo, they definitely going to repay it back. Like, I see you know it. I mean? Right. So that's, that's, that's where the advantage lies in. Well, I learned a lot. I don't know if anyone else yeah. has any questions. You got any questions, Erica? Because I feel like I just learned a lot within this like five minute spiel that Alwyn just said. No, I <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. no doubt. I'm looking looking yeah. forward to being a property owner at some point Please. in the future. So I'm going to take all of this. Period. Yeah. And the thing is, what's beautiful about this, like ripe and all my fourth years right now, if you're if you know that you're gonna be in an area where you know, and it's kind of hard to decipher because we're dealing with interviews and trying to match. But if you match in an area where you're like, "Oh, this is high you," like this is where I want to be at potentially. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get your match letter, like you hit up a bank, right? Like for instance, like Bank of America, like you know they got you know a whole loan lending service, you know that goes up to two million dollars. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, mm -hmm. and a lot of these banks that you work with, but also banks that you don't work with. They'll put on for you, and you could actually close on a home before you start residency. Ooh. You know, as as fast as ninety days. You know, what I'm saying from you getting that letter. Right? Yeah, so I always wondered it, how Faith got her. Y'all remember Faith, uh, who's on our team? Like she bought a whole home before she started her Pete's residency oh, at Yale. Faith. So yes, yes, oh, yes, that was yes awesome. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her. Faith. One well, of she, our former I don't know what she did. Yale yeah. Pediatrics. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what she did, right. but she's yeah. doing it right. I'm going to have to hit her up too about, girl, how are you buying homes before you start? So she sounds like yep. she's also on the right uh, path to financial freedom and success. Yes. I love yes. that. <laughs> so use this opportunity, people. This is one way that you could create and leverage wealth using debt. And there's different ways. And we'll talk about that in the future, but we'll start with the doctor loan if you're going to be a doctor in some shape or form. So that's let's awesome. Get, get it. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for this financial corner. All yeah, the, Aldi. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> always informative. So that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Lounge. And let us know your thoughts about the discussions we had today or ask us a question for a chance to be featured on Consults by emailing us at podcast at snma.org. Be sure to follow the SNMA on all social media platforms and stay up to date on our upcoming events. You know what I mean? We got AMAC pulling up. We got a whole bunch of RMX pulling up. So make sure you stay tuned on the SNMA.org. That better be on your favorites list because <laughs> we always outside. We stay ready. You know, regional, you know, the, you know, RMX, you know, was at region two this last weekend. So we just building, you know, elevating. So. Shout out to everybody, and we outside with it. So love y'all, appreciate y'all, continue to be great, and let's continue to progress toward. Come on, Aldo, you got to finish. The, the music is playing. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Done, bro. <laughs> hey. Thanks so much for listening, hey. guys. We'll catch y'all next episode. Hey, next episode. I don't know how they're going to edit that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do whatever they do. <laughs>